All right, you're back in the DFSR on the Overtime Media Network, broadcasting live from the Vivid Seats Lounge. I'm Doug Norrie, and over there is... James Davis. And we are coming at you for the Week 11 game-by-game breakdown for FanDuel and DraftKings. It's the main slate. I don't know, if you've been around for weeks, you know that we're only talking main slate, so we're not going to be covering this, like, Steelers-Browns game. Thank goodness, because the Kareem Hunt thing was like... Oh, him and Nick Chubb are just going to share the field together. Cool, got it. Thanks, Browns. Like, didn't have to figure this one out. That's a Thursday night game. Not going to get into that. Not going to get into this Monday and Sunday night uh, games. Just going to be talking the main slate here. For those that are new, we did do, we and always, we do a cash game podcast previously. So just go back on the podcast feed, and you'll see the guys that we discussed for cash games. We'll nod to them as we roll through these games. Uh, You know, maybe spend an extra minute or two talking about just the, these guys compared to the rest of the field. But how are you feeling? Week 11 is shaking out for you right now, but we're still a few, you know, 72 hours or whatnot away from lineups locking. Sometimes we have different feelings about how the ways the weeks are shaping up. In terms of cash games, I think there's a bunch of GPP kind of darts you can throw here too. But how do you feel uh, week 11 is starting to shake? Uh, shape up? Shake out? Whatever, whatever the shay kind of word out. you do and then the thing you do after. Uh, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good, actually. I'm feeling good for a couple of reasons, by the way. I don't know if you were in our DFSR chat last night, but uh, one of our users, Brendan, uh, took down a huge tournament and uh, running our optimal lineups in the FanDuel 10 p.m. Uh, like, if you weren't, if you didn't play the FanDuel 10 p.m. basketball contest, um, two guys came in second. I guess one other, a couple other guys chopped up the first place slot because they made like one adjustment or something like that. But um, yeah, he won like. $30,000 or something like that. So, uh, oh, I just almost got the explicit tag. I can't believe you didn't lead that. I, I was not around for that. I, I can't believe you didn't lead that off in the opening thing. I would. I know. Uh, I wanted to get your authentic reaction to it. So. My authentic reaction is I almost, I'm going to need to say, <laughs> I'm going to go, go need to cut out the S word that I just dropped um, <laughs> just to make sure that iTunes oh, are flagging yeah. us for, because uh, some, you know, easily triggered person would, you know, say that, oh, he said the S word, and now that they, now it gets the explicit tag. I hope no one has to. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. We should be able to say whatever we want. Anyway, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, I'm feeling very good about that because I get, I go through such a range of emotion. When you, if you run a projection system, I just, I, look, this, we're here for the week 11 games. I'm going to get through those. Some of these games are not that interesting, so I'll spend an extra <laughs> second on this. But if you run a projection system like we have for the last uh, six, five or six years, whatever it's been, you and I, how many times do you think you and I have just had Forget the business, like the biz dev and all this other stuff. Just mm. the emotional side of like putting putting projections out to users. Would you say outside of family stuff, is it like the biggest stressor in your life? Like I, I like I'm not I'm not equating it with family and like real life stuff, but on the next thing after that, just the amount of like wanting to see users do well. Does that make mm. sense? What I'm saying, like, I, like does that rate? How far high does that rate for you? Because for me, it rates really high. Like, I'm yeah, very excited ever since when this we stuff launched happened. our members only chat room a few years ago, and you could like have the opportunity to sit and live and breathe with these people who are putting like for them oftentimes real money on the line. I don't always recommend like you know betting money that's going to be super meaningful for you, but the the fact that, that, that there just are people doing that and. Even if you're not betting money, that's meaningful to you if you lose. We've had several cases of it being really meaningful in these big wins. You know, we, we uh, had Andrew Morris win the million a few years ago. We've had multiple $50,000 plus winners over the course of the years. And those days are like, it, it definitely, that's a time where it feels actually really cool. Because, you know, on a night in, night out basis, like anything can become work, including uh, setting basketball projections. But those nights are like, when I came in last night, is, you know, there, there were some ups and downs with the basketball lineups last night. 
ultimately FanDuel gets their DraftKings missed by a hair. But coming in to see those 10 p.m. lineups that people ran, they were all just like celebrating, winning multiple $250 tickets to this tournament and this, that, and the other thing. Like that felt really awesome. So, yep, uh, that's so what I'm, I'm so buoyed. Uh, I'm always in a good mood anyway. I'm just, you know, me, eternal optimist. I don't need to tell you that. Of course. Or yeah. The guys, I'm, I'm not, the, the glass isn't half full. It's all the way full, spilling over the sides. It's just, everything's mm. so great. Uh, this just adds to it, man. So now I need another glass to pour all my good, my good vibes into. Okay. Let's roll through week 11. I'm feeling so good now. I don't even want to talk about this slate. I'm just feeling so good. Okay. Uh, it's going to be hard to have me settle down. Um, what should we talk about? The games? Here we go. Jacksonville at Indianapolis. Leonard Fournette is a guy with Indy's a minus three home favorite here. Jake Jacoby Brissett is gonna be back. I know I said Fournette, but I'm I'm still thinking about this Brendan GBP win, so I'm I'm feeling a little bit uh, all over the place. Brissett is back. Uh, Nick Foles is back. We mentioned Fournette as a potential cash game play. It looks like DD Westbrook is coming back. How do we want to evaluate this game? Let's start with the Jag side with Foles coming back. I, we probably have enough known information on Brissett. Where do we start in just like kind of looking at the hierarchy of targets and stuff like this from the Jacksonville side where we got, you know, 10 minutes of Nick Foles at the beginning of the season and that was kind of it yeah. and it's been Minshew ever since. I, do we just go back to our preseason priors, you know, where we had D.D. Westbrook as a locked-in cash game play for week one and – and move on from there. Like, I'm wondering your opinion about when we just go back. And it's one thing to go from Matthew Stafford to Jeff Driscoll, okay? Everyone just gets mm-hmm. dumped and, and we move on. <laughs> but this is just, this is not that. This is like a real quarterback coming back. But Minshew was kind of a real quarterback too. What are your thoughts here on this game? Yeah, I don't think you want to just go back to your preseason priors. I think on some level, the connection between Minshew and the receivers that he threw to most uh, was, a, was a factor of his preferences. But there also have to be some schematic elements to that too. And I certainly am a believer in Westbrook going forward. Like I'm starting him in our uh, DFSR season long league this week. And for like, you know, again, putting other people's money on the line, I'm not sure I would want to trot him out there just because we have really good cash game options in a similar price range where we already, where we don't have to try to be a week early on it, right? So for big tournaments, it makes perfect sense. You know, plug Westbrook in, he's super cheap. He'll probably be off chalk compared to a lot of those other guys. Uh, who have received some amount of notoriety for their increasing target share or whatever. And Westbrook just, it's been very fleeting this season. Foles looked very effective in the eight passes that he threw in game one. But, you know, we just don't have any precedent for it. So I think it's a great big tournament play. I don't think you need to take the risk in cash. Uh, Brissett, uh, like I said, he's back. T.Y. Hilton, it's unclear if he's going to play or not. Eric Ebron saw 12 targets last week, but that was with... um... Oh, uh, Hoyer uh, under center. So I'm not sure you can really just do a translation one-to-one. Like that's going to be something that sustains. Uh, because I'm not mentioning him right now, Marlon Mack will go, absolutely go off this week. Uh, that's just been kind of the Marlon Mack theme for me. If I mention him and think he's a good play, he's terrible. And then uh, if I don't, then he goes off. So just use that for what it's worth when you set your lineups this week. I don't know. I think that's kind of it for me on this game. I, Jacksonville is a bad running defense, by the way, 24th in DVOA. So I guess there's something to be said for Mack. But any other final thoughts here on the Colts? Uh, no, not really. I think you don't need to force it once again. There's just a lot of really super good options. Uh, the Jags defense is somewhat tough here. And I don't know, like Brissett, oh, I'm certainly not going to play him. I guess like <laughs> the one guy, uh, like you could consider some 
elements in the passing game, but I just don't see the reason to force it. The Colts kind of seem like, like I haven't run money Colts this season already, and I don't see any reason to go out of my way to do so against the Jags this week. Yeah, they're just not a very dynamic offense. They don't get right. a lot done uh, just in terms of fantasy points. The guys are priced accordingly, and then uh, there just doesn't seem like on a week-to-week basis there's massive amounts of upside. Jets go in and play the Redskins. Redskins are one-and-a-half point home favorites here. Uh, really low total, as to be expected, oh, yeah. with both these teams running pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad. The defenses actually aren't that bad for these teams. It's the offenses that are just completely brutal. Uh, the Jets are the 11th-ranked DVOA team. And I think the back Washington was 24th. I thought they were. I actually thought they were a tick higher. Uh, I, the offense is terrible. Haskins is getting the start again. I don't think that does anything for anybody really. And then on the Jet side, they're still giving the ball to Le'Veon uh, Bell a lot. Like even for a guy that was questionable and just no one really knew what the injury stuff was going into last week, he still had 22 touches. He absolutely sucked against the Giants, so um, <laughs> he wasn't good. But the Redskins are a bad defense, and Darnold and Bell at times have been able to put some stuff together here. Any interest on the Jets side, uh, obviously probably more of a GPP uh, angle here, but um, thoughts on the Jets? Because we have seen moments of their offense kind of flashing something. Yeah, so Crowder came out last week. You know, we talked about him loosely as one of those mid-range options. He did go for 81 yards and a touchdown. Now, he only had six targets, but in the last two weeks, he's converted 13 of the 15 balls thrown his way for 164 yards and two touchdowns. We did see that Darnold was willing to throw to him 17 times in a game against Buffalo earlier this season. And while I think he's, like, just on a raw points basis, probably not as good a play as some of those guys in the 5,000s, like uh, Moore and so on, but I think in terms of upside, it's very legitimate. I think if there's one player, I think he could definitely be, he'll be well off chalk, you can believe that, because you're paying more you're paying a premium, basically, for a guy who does as much or less than some other plays. But I think there is an explosive week for Crowder you know, that potentially exists out there. Uh, I think I'm just kind of done with Le'Veon Bell. I don't see any reason to pay 7400 Fine, it's a good matchup. But he could just go for two yards a carry or three yards a carry. And uh, even the targets came down last week against the Giants in situations where they really could have used him. So, yeah, I'm not... Uh, Bell's one of those guys, man. We've seen this with running backs in the past. You'd always love to keep believing, but sometimes you just hit the point and you hit the point. And maybe a year off wasn't actually good for Bell. Maybe he uh, rusted out before he wore out, you know. So yeah, I mean the guy the guy had an insane amount of usage before that year that he took off. Yes. Um, that you can't t- you know taking a year off doesn't take that away from you. It's not like you know you don't take a year off when you're. 40 years old and then think at 41 you're going to get better you just get older and those miles are still on the odometer so i we could just be there with them is why you don't pay for running backs jets made the one mistake you really shouldn't do when you're a team that's trying to rebuild uh they did it and they're probably going to end up paying the price for it because again like there's every once in a while there's an adrian peterson that can keep kind of doing it moving and shaking when he's 40 but other other than that i it's just it's not something that often happens New Orleans goes in and plays the Bucks. The Saints are five-and-a-half-point road favorites against Tampa Bay, coming off of a pretty surprising loss to the Falcons in Week 10 where they were coming off the bye, and Falcons have been horrible all season, and the Saints still lost. Nevertheless, the New Orleans is favored here on the road. Uh, let's start with this team. We talked about Michael Thomas and the historic season he's having at length yesterday. So if you want a Michael Thomas breakdown, uh, go back and just listen to the Cash Game podcast. Don't need to retread that one. Wondering what your thoughts are on the rest of the team are. They barely ran the ball last week. They really weren't able to. They were down really quickly to, to Atlanta, and they had to pass the whole game. So Kamara really didn't – Kamara saw a lot of targets, but not many rushes. Latavius Murray is still part of this action. But it was really just the Kamara, Thomas – the Kamara and Thomas and Jared Cook show. What are your thoughts here on the Saints outside of Thomas, knowing that they are this – is, this is a really big total. 
And Tampa Bay has been not all that good. They're pretty funnily defense here. They're really bad against the pass and pretty good against the run. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the Saints? Yeah, well, that's that's pretty much where I was going to break it down and say that I think the Saints passing game, I think you got to include Thomas. I don't know. I mean, this is an interesting strategic question because I love the Saints passing game today. I think Breeze is probably, he's probably appropriately priced just because he never, ever, ever runs. But this guy can go for 400 yards and five touchdowns. You know, that's definitely not outside the question. And I think with the uh, two big-name running quarterbacks facing off against each other this week, I think Breeze could be an interesting off-chalk option. Now, he didn't do it last week against arguably an even better matchup against Atlanta. He was still effective. He just didn't get the ball in the end zone. So, uh, But I do like a Breeze stack, you know, maybe with uh, Cook and Thomas or even Kamara and Thomas or Kamara and Cook. I think there is a stack in there somewhere that could have big tournament winning upside. Just because, like you said, I think the Saints are going to see this. Uh, Peyton's a smart coach. They're going to look at the situation and say, Tampa Bay is going to dare us to beat, us through the air, beat them through the air. Game on. Let's uh, yeah. <laughs> let's do just that. So uh, Saints coming off a tough week as well. I think this is a bounce back. I Yeah, I, I very, very much like grabbing the Saints passing game. And if you can figure out a way for tournaments to do that without having Thomas, you'll certainly have a very unique stack on your hands uh, that will have plenty of separation from the field. Kamara sat out a couple weeks, but he really wasn't running the ball a ton even when he was in there. That's just not what they're using him for these days. Uh, he's oh, also 10 targets not, last game. Yeah, well, targets. Not, I'm just saying on the ground. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, he, he's, a, he's effectively a receiver that every once in a while gets rushes. That's kind of what they're using him for. There's still a lot of value in that in PPR for sure. He really hasn't been all that effective on the ground, right in the lower fours yards per carry. So uh, it makes sense that they would just maybe try to keep Murray as the runner uh, and then play Kamara as more the dynamic pass catcher. I do like that idea of stacking. I think you could see a lot of points here. On the Tampa Bay side, we played Mike Evans-ish in cash last week, like sort of all here and there. Or do we play him ever? I can't remember now. Um, actually, we might have ended up with him everywhere. And, of course, he uh, goes for one of his fourth on the team in targets last week. Godwin, 12. Ronald Jones, 8. I'm going to get your thoughts on him in a second. O.J. Howard, back to 7. He's alive after just being, you know, laying in the grave all season. And then Evans was 6. Where do we want to go with – Evans had been – basically like the lead leader in targets up until last week for a for a stretch and that uh, dipped down what are your thoughts on how we sort of redisperse the target distribution from a Tampa Bay team that looked like they've been going consistent with Evans and then kind of got away with it last week or got away from it last week yeah I think that that's another spot you could turn back to people in DFS have a very short memory Evans price has come down pretty dramatically uh, he was still effective on the targets he did get but your concerns about being a uh, every other sort of situation did bear out on some level. Uh, Godwin wound up doubling him up on targets, getting 12 targets. Neither of them was extremely effective in terms of you know getting the ball in the end zone or anything like that. But I think at the very least, it does reveal that Tampa Bay is essentially just looking at matchups and they're trying to figure out who's open and then they're trying to hammer that for the rest of the game. So I think you are finding yourself in something of a guessing game between Evans and Godwin. I think... You know, if, if it's if you're just flipping a coin, Evans seems to be the one who gets the nod more often than Godwin, or at least they, they tend to try him first, and then if it's working, they'll stick with it. So I don't know that I want to run any of these guys in cash. Uh, the Saints, not a super, super easy team to go deep on. So yeah, for that reason, I think if I had to choose one, I'd probably take Evans, and I'm aware that there's just going to be weeks where Godwin is the one that get the, gets the double-digit targets. Yeah, it looks like the Saints are going to be without Marshawn Lattimore. I'm just double-checking that real quick. Uh, he had sat out the previous game, uh, so that, that is a hit to their secondary. It's going to be filled in with P.J. Williams, Eli Apple, and uh, Gardner Johnson. So that, that is um, that's a better situation for the Tampa Bay receivers for sure. 
I am wondering your thoughts here about Ronald Jones and what you think the appropriate usage projection for him is. 11 carries, 8 targets. 8 targets were completely out of nowhere. Um, he really has not been a pass catcher for very much at any part, really point. His career is not, you know, he's not a, been around the league very long, but he hadn't really shown this kind of upside. People did play him in cash last week, more on the idea that he was going to take over the full carry set from the previous week when that sort of happened. He still doubled up Peyton Barber in terms of snaps, but they, it's not totally clear to me that like he's just the guy what are your thoughts on ronald jones the price did come up a little bit yeah 40 snaps for him peyton barber had 22 what are your thoughts here on the tampa bay running back yeah i'd love to see the uh, the targets you know that was more targets than he had had if you add up all his targets from september 22nd on so the fact that he's worthy of eight targets in a game very reassuring uh still getting those goal line carries three touchdowns in his last four games and to your point sometimes he's going to get 11 carries so we saw that there was a week against Tennessee where he got 11 carries and only three targets if that happens you're pretty unhappy almost at any price point uh we know that now the upside is you know it's back-to-back weeks with 20 targets and a touchdown or 20 total touches and a touchdown and that's pretty darn good on those prices so uh, you just take the good with the bad you don't run it out there in cash I don't think unless you absolutely have to because all the other plays are perfect but yeah things are trending in Jones's direction so I I think it's playable, but not exciting. Yeah, I think that's basically where I land. I, look, I'm I'm all in on McCaffrey and Cook this week in cash. I'm I'm holding out till the end here on this third spot. I know right now Fournette is in our top FanDuel lineup. Maybe that's where we end up landing. That one makes me feel a little squeamish. It's and it's going to be a little different on DraftKings where the pricing is just too tight. I don't think you're going to be able to play three running backs here. So uh, I'm McCaffrey and Cook are complete locks for me. Uh, I, the Fournette thing, and I'm only mentioning that as like you know the the possible Ronald Jones types of the world that are coming a little bit cheaper as a possibility for cash. I, I think ultimately we don't go there. Uh, real quick, stop and talk about one of our sponsors, MyBookie.ag really the best betting site around if you're looking to get some action in on the game they have they have lines for every single sport you can imagine uh, i've mentioned this before but there's sports on there that i don't think i've ever even heard of definitely leagues i've never heard of uh when it comes maybe the sport but just like some weird like european league that you never heard of you can get money on that stuff if you so want and obviously all the big stuff uh, basketball football of course they are going to double your first deposit. Excuse me. They're going to uh, give you a deposit bonus up to 50% of your first deposit. So you deposit $1,000. They're going to match that up to $500. So 50% all the way down. You can do the math. If you use the promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, you got to use that promo code to be able to uh, unlock that deposit bonus. So go check them out. I actually like Tampa Bay plus five and a half this week. Um, I think that they are just the kind of team they're insanely um, – brutal to watch at times like especially Jameis with just the picks and it feels like they get into the red zone and then that's the end of that because he throws a pick or they have some weird fumbles uh, but I did based on some like DVOA numbers and other stuff I don't mind the cover on the Tampa Bay side here any quick thoughts on this for my bookie spot or I, I know I'm just kind of throwing this one at you um, feel great feel crazy on this one or, or does it feel like I'm getting too much on the Saints loss to the Falcons last week I'm, I'm using some numbers to define this but um Feel, does that one feel nuts to you, or I mean, we can just move on if, if not? No, I think it's okay to take take the points at home. I mean, five and a half is a lot. The Saints have shown a, a propensity to keep teams that should be worse than them in the game. Um, I think there could be some recency bias, but I also think one thing I really love doing is betting against these public teams. I think in the NFL, more than any other sport, you can get an edge by doing that. And I think the Saints, basically, for years, ever since this Breeze-led offense, have been... A public team just because they're so exciting to watch so i think that 
yeah, there, there's a lot of factors going against them here, and I would definitely be down grabbing the bucks and the points. All right, mybookie.ag, use the promo code OVERTIME. Uh, we use the site, obviously, I think you should too. So mybookie.ag, use the promo code OVERTIME. Buffalo goes in and plays Miami. Miami, another team getting home points here. Six and a half point road, or so home underdogs to the Bills, as they should be, they stink. The Bills last week, Devin Singletary was a guy we wanted to play in cash mm. last week. Um, oh, we did play on, in cash, by the way. <laughs> we wanted to and did. Yeah, so I should have phrased it correctly. Wanted to and then ran them out there everywhere. He was a guy that we had talked about saying, you know, the two weeks before, in week nine, we saw the snap count go wildly in his favor over Frank mm-hmm. Gore. And really thought that that was the tide turning. And then it happened again the previous week in week, uh, so in week 10. No, excuse me, I'm, going, I'm, I'm screwed up by week. Week eight was the first week we saw it. Week nine is when the carries came around. And so we thought, okay, well, all signs point to Frank Gore. Uh, Frank Gore is out and Devin Singletary's 20 carries from that week and four targets are going to be the new thing. And then last week happened, and he barely touched the ball at all. He had, what do you have? He had eight. You know, he had eight rushing attempts and six targets. Were we just wanting too much to see a small sample size in Singletary, or do you think that was ultimately correct? Because I, this is one I went back and really kind of wrung my hands about about this decision. And I guess I'm being results oriented, but I don't know if you think I'm being too results oriented. What are your thoughts here on Singletary kind of going forward? Yeah, I don't think you're being too results-oriented. I think the thing we learned about Buffalo in this game is that, yes, Singletary still did get the lion's share of the running back carries, but we also know that there are going to be close games where the running backs only get 13 carries overall, right? Like, this seems like it should have been a game script where Buffalo would really try and establish the run. Singletary was effective on the runs he did get. He averaged 5.3 yards per carry. Gore was awful on the carries he got, as usual, 2.4 yards per carry. So all signs point towards Singletary being the more effective back. And ultimately, that sort of doesn't matter if your team is only is, is frequently going to run the ball 15 times or less in close games. Um, we also saw Allen get the two rushing touchdowns, which is just terrible for a running back, right? I mean, really at any price point, if you just know once we get within 10 yards of the end zone, somebody else is going to be carrying in the touchdowns, and Singletary actually has two competitors for this in both Allen and Gore. So you can probably only count on him for a third or less of the rushing touchdowns. It seems terrible. I don't I don't want to go anywhere near Singletary, really in any format, unless maybe if there were an injury. But even then, like say he got all 13 carries in this game and didn't get the goal line touches, would, would that really have helped us out? Not really. So, yeah, I'm not playing Singletary in any format this week. Okay, I'll, I'll stop short of the any every form any format. I do like him for GBPs because I do think there's a no. scenario where it comes back to twenty target twenty carries against a very bad Miami team, and he like he said he's been effective at times on the ground. Like he was averaging five yards a carry last week. He just the script and kind of some other stuff wasn't happening. I think there is upside from a just breaking a long run or just kind of ch- churning off yards. I'm, I'm with you on the cash game element, and it really sucks because Miami's so bad. They're, they're, the Buffalo is right in that zone where we want to play running backs. Like, this is a terrible, a terrible, terrible, terrible defense. They're six and a half point favorites. I know they're on the road. This is where we want to have a running back. Yeah. And I want, and at 6,500, I'm, I'm, those two factors are having me so close. And I get, and everything you said makes total sense. The touch on equity piece is actually a big one that I hadn't considered as much. And that's probably enough to just say, forget it. Because before that, I was going to make, 
not a not like my A plus stuff, but I was gonna bring like a C plus case uh, for you on Sunday about playing him in cash. And I think that ultimately I'm not gonna need to. Uh, John Brown saw a ton of targets again. The guy still has Josh Allen throwing to him, so those aren't gonna be those are gonna be worth less than other quarterbacks that, targets that get thrown to a guy. Um, but where does he rank for you in that group of wide receivers that we discussed in the Cash Game podcast yesterday? They're still all sort of in this sub six thousand Fanduel pricing that is gonna be a pretty important tier this week, I think, because of the high priced quarterbacks and running backs. Yeah, I like both of the sub $6,000 wide receivers you can consider in this game in Devontae Parker and John Brown. I think both are solid options. If I had to pick one between those two, I would say John Brown. I think John Brown, he's probably... Where would you put him, I guess, in the hierarchy? Because we talked about this at length yesterday, but DJ Moore is the clear number one guy, right? Yes. DJ, so Moore's, who, DJ Moore's one. Um, I'm trying to sort this group because I'm. I got to look. I got to scroll down here a little bit because I don't have this group sorted. This group... Is something like DJ Moore, Muhammad Sanu, Devontae Parker, John Brown. I'm missing some guys here. I think people are going to talk themselves into Tyrell Williams. Well, we discussed uh, Westbrook already. Yeah, D.D. Westbrook is there. Um, I think that's pretty. Oh, Marquise Brown is in there. Debo Samuel is going to be in there if um, if Kittle ain't, well, Kittle's already out, and Emmanuel Sanders sit. I think Debo Samuel's, and then Calvin Ridley's at 5,500. This group is pretty big. Uh, of this group of of either yeah. high upside decent snap share and target share guys uh i probably put brown in the middle of it i'm kind of just going off the top of my head because i just read a lot of names i I, sure. I i like him better than i like him better than marquise brown let's say that i'm just trying to like think of the names here that i that i like okay. i probably like him better than tyrell williams in this group um i like him less than dd westbrook i probably have him and Devontae parker as just kind of a chop it up situation i think that's kind of where i'm landing with yeah that. i think that's i think fair. ultimately i'm in the same spot i think he might wind up in the top three there I'm not like totally confident of that, but I think it's possible. So uh, that's kind of how I'm operating right now is that I might wind up with a little bit of uh, John Brown in my lineups to this week. But I just don't want him to be off people's radar, that's all. I do feel like it's going to be that last spot. I think it's going to be like DJ Moore, Muhammad Sanu, and then like the last spot's going to be some kind of three-way tie between or three or four-way tie. I think that's probably where I'm going to end up landing. I think people are going to – some people might talk to themselves in the Caitlin Balazs this week, have fun. He stinks. Uh, I know he gets a lot of the carries and targets. They don't really – it's like the Le'Veon Bell situation. They – can get all the carries. I can get all the carries and targets in the world for Miami. I don't think you'd run me out there for a thousand dollars on DraftKings. I so, um, well, I would actually. I take that back because I probably die by the second, the second one after I just fell down on the first one because I got too scared. And maybe they said you're not going to get paid unless you actually run into the line on the second one. That's probably the one I would end up dying on. So anyway, there's a price point for everybody, I suppose. But just because you're cheap and get a lot of carries doesn't mean they mean anything. Houston goes in and plays Baltimore. Baltimore is four point home favorites here in what is probably the marquee matchup of the week in terms of just watching football. Oh, yeah. um, I guess the, yeah, this I was just scrolling down. This probably is, this is the game to watch. We talked about Watson and Lamar Jackson a ton yesterday. Uh, we're just going to be basically deciding between them and Cash, I think, this week. I don't know. We're not going anywhere else, um, I don't think. I, I just know. We're not going to play anyone besides either of these guys. Let's talk a little bit about some of these other guys to consider here. The injury news and notes, Will Fuller is back practicing. That helps, Hurts Hopkins helps, uh, Watson, I think. And then for Baltimore, they're fully healthy in a way. And I mentioned that only because for weeks, Mar Marquise Brown had been sitting out uh, a couple times. And then Mark Andrews was just permanently on the, you know, didn't practice all week kind of thing. I don't think there any of those guys are on the injury report. Outside of Jackson and Watson, who we talked about a ton, any other interest here for anybody? Hopkins is a high target guy that we wanted to go. Carlos Hyde's coming off a huge game before the bye, carried the ball a ton. 
Mark Ingram people have talked themselves into. Uh, thoughts here on anyone, any of the other position players from what's going to be probably the easiest game, or the most fun game to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, so for starters, yes, these quarterbacks are both playable in any format. And I should say they both have the unique distinction of being played without any of the players on their team with them. You know, the old naked quarterback play, as we've discussed in the past, just because there's worlds where... So it's like a funny way to get separation. If you play, say, just Jackson, don't pair him with anyone else on the Ravens, many of the people that play Jackson in big tournaments will have paired him with someone. And if none of those guys are first place big tournament winning quality, uh, then you've actually gotten away with something by playing Jackson and not pairing him with anyone. That being said, I think you can pair him with Hollywood Brown. You can pair him with Mark Andrews. I think there's definitely uh, a case to be made for, again, Mark Ingram just taking him as the only Raven in this game. Uh, there's a world where he lights it back on fire. He's expensive. You're not going to go anywhere near it in cash games. But in terms of guys like we saw against Kansas City, uh, who just have 33 fantasy point upside, he's certainly on that list. Uh, swinging it back over the Houston way, Hopkins is the very obvious play. But don't forget that Will Fuller had an absolutely enormous week against Atlanta earlier this season. And it's certainly come and gone. It's not cash game viable. But for your big tournaments, sure, why not? Yeah, uh, it's just it's worth noting here that the Ravens are what we consider to be a funnel defense. They're much better. They're eighth in, against the pass and twenty eighth against the run. I don't think that's where I don't. I'm not advocating a Carlos Hyde play, but if you think there's a world where they just say we want to keep Lamar Jackson off the field and this is just what we're going to do this game uh, and the way we're going to keep him off the field, like we're not going to get into a shootout here with a game with a fifty total. We're going to uh, um, target their weakness, which is against the run and just say that's kind of how we're going to attack you. Carlos Hyde has shown they have they have given him the ball at times a lot. It's, again, not a yep. cash game play, but if you want to go away from what you think is going to be higher ownership on guys like Watson, guys like maybe Hopkins, or even Lamar Jackson, and figure out a way, you know, what's the way to fade the high ownership on all those guys? Carlos Hyde would be it because that's the scenario that gets you a lot of points where the other guys aren't getting any points, if that makes sense. So um, from that point of view, I don't mind that play, and you need a lot to go right for it to, for it to work. So Yeah, you uh, basically just need him to score touchdowns because we've seen that he can get 20-plus touches in a game. It's never going to come through the air, so that makes him almost unplayable on DraftKings. And even in those big upside games, like he went for 160 yards last week and scored 14 fantasy points. He went for... 26 carries and 116 yards against Kansas City and scored 17 and a half fantasy points. So you're going to need something to change about his uh, touchdown opportunity, and you'll probably need some big runs sprinkled in too. So I agree that you'll have super low ownership, and I think it's it's a very similar play to like Marlon Mack or Derrick Henry or, or one of those guys. So yeah, just proceed with caution, but certainly it could be in the mix. Denver goes in and plays Minnesota. Minnesota's 10 and a half point favorites with a game that has a 40 over under. Denver start is off the bye. They started Brandon Allen and plays a Flacco in week nine. He they got the win over the Browns. It's more of a Cleveland problem than it is a, a <laughs> superlative for Brandon Allen and the Denver Broncos. But um, he did go twelve for twenty through for two touchdowns. I, I'm not. There's no. You're not playing him. I, I will say that at least like the targets kind of kept in the same range where they were supposed to. Cortland Sutton got a lot of targets. Uh, which had been something that we had seen from their offense anyway. And then on the Minnesota side, the news here is that it looks like Adam, Adam Thielen had sat out, and they have a bye next week, and there's a chance that he just doesn't play again this week. Your thoughts on the Minnesota passing game? We already talked about Dalvin Cook, so I think Cook's just a, a lock for us in cash games. I, we don't need to go through that one again. We talked about that yesterday. But if Thielen were to sit here, and it sure looks like this is the game that they might, you could try to get away with just getting him another week, or you know, now they get him two weeks of rest, 
What are your thoughts on guys like Diggs? Uh, Irv Smith just got like a random amount of targets last game. Uh, Olabizi Johnson did get the start for him. Would we want to just like start thinking about Stefan Diggs and Cash to pair with Cook and say this is where the offense is going to come from? Um, or did we have we seen enough that just says this isn't where the, the targets just don't go all to him if no Thielen? I think that's the latter is kind of where I'm landing. Listen, it's nice to be able to get like and again in the old play this guy in big tournaments category. I'm all over Diggs in my big tournaments this week. When I'm trying to prioritize safety, a little bit extra opportunity on a team that just wants to hand their running back the ball 32 times a game in a game script that very much should favor that exact strategy is not where I want to be. Also, just the fact that they're big favorites here. If there's any team that's going to be susceptible to just erasing their passing game entirely in a good game script, it's going to be the Vikings. They oh, had a game they've done it too. 10 times this yeah. season, right? Yeah. So so I'm not, I'm not anywhere near digs for cash games no matter who's injured but i think for big tournaments why not yeah that's a good point about where they just yeah i think it was like 10 or 12 attempts well you might be looking at the game log right now there was i think there was a a couple games like this i think they had a 20 game uh attempt 20 attempt game also under under his uh under his log too so now good call they're not gonna they're, they're not looking to be high volume throwers uh, the only knock on Cook, you would say, is that Madison is still around. I don't think it really matters in the end because really almost short of these Madison long touchdowns, uh, Cook should see a healthy or lion's share of the, the carries and, and touches no matter what. And he actually did get a lot of targets in that game that Thielen missed also. So it, it probably only helps him even more to have Thielen out. Uh, real quick before we roll through the rest of the games, uh, let's talk up real quick about Vivid Seats. The Vivid Seats app, if you're looking to buy tickets for a game or really concert, really anything you're buying tickets for, we're going to talk about sports here because I'm assuming most, I don't think everyone's, I don't know how many listeners are like trying to, are sweating out Hamilton tickets or whatever, but you might be. No, we really uh, like sports too, so that makes sense. We love sports. Uh, go sports. I'm always like, man, sports are awesome. That's kind of, I would love to have a ticket to, <laughs> you ever just say to yourself, I would love to have a ticket to a sports game? Oh, I want to watch some sports. I actually have thought to myself, I want to just watch some sports, any sports will do, so. <laughs> Well, now you just say to yourself, I want to go, I want to get tickets to a sports game. And now we go, go over the Vivid Seats app. Vivid Seats, use the promo code OVERTIME. It's going to automatically enroll you into the reward system, uh, which is great because you're going to earn points back, which is going to then get you money off of purchases later on the more you use it. And it's also going to get you up to $100 back on your first purchase through Vivid Seats. But you have to use that same promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. It's so easy to use this app. I'm, I'm in the market right now, like I've said before on another podcast. I can't remember if it was our last one. I'm trying to buy Nets tickets right now. I'm using the Vivid Seats. Shows me exactly where I'm going to sit. Uh, shows me exactly what the court's going to look like. A panoramic view. Right down to really everything except for the guy or lady that's going to sit in front of you. So uh, it's just the perfect, seat, perfect app to use. Not going to just gouge you on fees either. Vivid Seats app. Go download it makes ticket buying easy. We use it. You'll use it too. Vivid Seats, use the promo code OVERTIME. Two more 1 o'clock games. Dallas goes in and plays Detroit. Uh, If you played running back at any point in your life, there's some chance that the Lions would be interested in you to be their running back. Uh, Like, this is like the high school level. Maybe you just did it in Pee Wee, Pop Warner. Maybe you just did it some backyard football. That feels the situation with the running back situation in Detroit. Now, it means you're going to get hurt because all of these guys also get hurt. Um, they, so you have to kind of take your life in your own hands. Um, so it's, it's probably not going to turn out for well for you. But it does feel this way. I have no idea what to do with the Detroit running back situation. Ty Johnson looks like he's going to be out. Obviously, they're already without Kerryon Johnson. Uh, they lost uh, somebody else, too. I can't even remember. JD Tell McKin- me quick. So they lost Trey Carson. Tell me who I'm supposed to pick up here because I, was, I had Ty Johnson. I famously used my number one waiver claim on him in Oops. the DFSR season long league. 
JD and McKissick. I just dropped him for Kyle Rudolph to fill in for George Kittle, so it's a little bit of a tough situation right now. Tell me who I'm supposed to pick up here because I I really need some help here at the running JD back McKissick. Spot. Okay, well, so here's the thing. JD oh, he's McKissick. On team. Okay, he's I was gonna say he's probably already on the team, but the McKissick got 17 touches in Week 10. Uh, there was this was Stafford's backup quarterback. It's unclear if Stafford's gonna come back. It's gonna be Stafford out. Um, Driscoll was the quarterback. It's unclear if, if he's going to be back this week. He was really hurt. Like, I think he wanted to play, and the doctors were like, no, you'll die if you play or something like that, and then he didn't <laughs> play. And so um, he sat out. I don't laugh because he would die. I laugh because that's a, quite a claim by the doctors. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's weird, weird to laugh at that. Okay, McKissick touched the wall 17 times, 10 carries, 7 touches. He really, like every other Detroit running back, um, just can't do anything with them. Uh, Paul Perkins also touched the ball seven times, but he also got seven targets to the air. Again, didn't do anything with those, only 19 yards. But if you start giving him healthy target share in a game that they might be coming from behind, especially with the targets, he kind of starts creeping around cash games on DraftKings because he's so damn mm-hmm. cheap. Do we want to do this thing dance again, or are we just saying this is the Lions? We've been down this road before. He's 4,600 on DraftKings, and he's a guy that catches the ball, and they're probably going to be losing. This is kind of why I'm mentioning him here, um, the sort of quarterback independent. Thoughts here on McKissick, then we'll just roll over to the Cowboys. I'd rather not. Like you said, this, this offense could just get absolutely dumpster-fired this week with backup quarterback plus you know, zero effective skill position players. Outside. I mean, they have Galladay and Marvin Jones, but – the run is not going to be there, I guess is my major point, because Dallas has to know that that's the first, fourth, and fifth thing they're going to try. I don't think McKissick is unplayable by any means, but um, I just don't know that it's... Yeah, I don't want to start there, I guess is what I'll say, especially given that I have, obviously, the two big-name running backs this week in Cook and McCaffrey, but also a really solid, not that expensive option in Fournette. And Fournette's 1500 more, but I think what I can get from Fournette... At, so, like, just to compare some apples to apples here... Going up from McKissick to Fournette for about 1500 is about the same as going up from like DJ Moore to Stefan Diggs or John Brown to Stefan Diggs. And in that case, give me the Fournette and cheap wide receiver combo all day. I don't think that's especially close, at least on FanDuel I'm talking here. On DraftKings where the targets could get you there, you know, maybe it's a little different, but yeah, not, not exciting at the very least. If you, but I'm, I guess my point is, if you play McCaffrey and Cook on DraftKings, you you are going to it's, have to roster yes, a loser. It's going to be tough or, to, play or maybe with. two. Yeah, like especially if you go like Watson or Jackson, McCaffrey, Cook. Now you're really scraping. Like you're going to need to find somebody. And I do sure. Think and McKissick is in that group. Yes, I, I think he's playable in that group. I, okay, so I, that that's kind of what I'm asking about. Now on the Dallas side, Dak is not a guy we talked about a ton for cash. We probably should. Dude, I had a whole more. Dak rant I was going to do in the last podcast because I was I wanted to mention him for cash games this week. Um, but then, you know, we just raced off to running backs and so on. But I, I love Dak. I think he's great. He is, he's in terms of DraftKings points per game, he's right there basically with Watson. Watson's 25.6 yep. points per game, and Dak is 24.2, so just a little bit lower. The one thing about Dak, though, is that from a coefficient of variation standpoint, he's been way more consistent than, he's actually like on a consistency level only just behind Lamar Jackson. So he's been just sort of doing the same thing week in and week out. Was I too quick to just kind of skip past Dak? We obviously have him as the third overall quarterback this week in terms of overall projection, but he is $100 cheaper than Deshaun Watson uh, on DraftKings, that is. And I'm, I didn't have the price right in front of me, so I'm going to talk for an extra second while I pull it up. And he is, well, yeah, he's 100 less on FanDuel as well. Was I just too quick to maybe not dismiss him, but just to, to kind of just gloss over Dak? And do you think that he'll just maybe they'll they'll chop up the ownership projection, uh, the ownership and cash games three ways between these three guys? So <laughs> it's gonna sound like this is some weird stuff. I feel like I must have sent you uh, 
psychological vibes through the airwaves yesterday when we were looking at this because I, I did a whole thing looking into Dak's um, potential as a cash game play this week. So first of all, you talked about Dak as being the second most consistent quarterback overall. That's actually in light of the fact that he had that one game against New Orleans where he only had nine fantasy points. So he's been the second most consistent quarterback in spite of one, I think we can all agree, total fluke, terrible game against the Saints. Outside of that, this guy scored 18 or more fantasy points every single week. And the 18 was the second lowest by a considerable margin. The second lowest, after, third lowest after that was 21.5 against Philly. So in terms of just bringing raw consistency, both through the air when that's working and on the ground if it isn't, uh, Dak is phenomenal. I think he's a terrific cash game play this week. And the difference he has between Jackson and Watson this week, he also has a much better matchup. I mean, Detroit's been terrible in all facets of the game this season. A bottom five defense total in DVOA, but also a, let's see here. Yeah, just terrible passing numbers too. 21.6% non-adjusted passing DVOA, which again, if you're not immersed in DVOA, is just terrible. So yeah, I, I love Dak this week. I think he's a great option. Totally cash game playable to me. Um, ultimately, he probably loses out on tiebreakers to Jackson specifically, but I don't think it's very clear between him and Watson at all. One other uh, point in his favor, Detroit this year, allowing the second most opponent plays uh, per game right behind Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and they're basically tied at 67.6 yeah. plays per game, and the Cardinals are at 67.9. So we can just ba- we can basically just throw them into the bottom. Like, they're, they're last. We'll just call them last uh, for the sake of uh, making it easy. So it's a, it's, a vo- it's a volume up game too, which makes sense, by the way, because we just talked about the, the Lions and just not being able to establish a running game, which means they just have to pass all the time, which means the clock stops all the time, which means the opponent just gets the ball. It's a pretty easy math to figure out why the opponents are just getting the ball more <laughs> against the Lions. Uh, they just can't run the ball, so the clock just never ticks down. Yeah, I think I was probably a little too quick on Dak. This might be a situation that we talk a little bit more closely going into the going into Sunday that I did not think we would be there for. It's just going to be a one-to-one swap because, again, he's basically the same price as Watson. That $100 is not going to buy you anything meaningful. Mm-hmm. So I think at that point it's just a challenge play. It's not a challenge play on, on Lamar Jackson. He's still 700 cheaper than Jackson there. But the Watson-Dak one will be – I'm going to throw that in there as the you know the little hand-wringing that we're going to end up doing. Any, any uh, love for Zeke here? Um, the nah. opportunity is still kind of there. He doesn't get targeted as much as he used to in the past with this new offense. So I, I he, I'm kind of out on him from from a cash game perspective, and I you know cue up me saying that, and he just goes off this week. But thoughts on you just don't need him. Like there's just better options in the same price tier, and you can't play three of them. So that's about it. All right, uh, let's get into the last one o'clock game. Atlanta goes in and plays Carolina. Carolina five and a half point home favorites here. Uh, we talked to McCaffrey. We talked about McCaffrey at length, DJ Moore at length, and even threw in Kyle Allen as a potential DraftKings cash game play. Don't know how much more time. Oh, we talked about Olsen too. So we talked about the whole freaking team for the Panthers. And I think I talked about Curtis Samuels also. So we're done talking about the Panthers. I mentioned them all in the cash game. <laughs> yeah, they're podcast. all good plays. They're all good plays. They're all cash game viable depending on the price points and the site you use. Now, Atlanta side, I did talk about it, Calvin Ridley. But the news here is that Devontae Freeman is, is out. Ito Smith is out. They ran Brian Hill a ton last week, but that was an injury situation because Ito Smith had went down during the game, but he got 22 touches in week 10. Any interest in Brian Hill, or are we still just in this world of this is an Atlanta running back? Yes, all the other guys are hurt, but there's just another guy, like Kenjin Barner. Like there's just another guy waiting to just split carries. There's never, they're not going back to the bell cow ways of Atlanta. Or do we just see outsized touches from Hill? Because he's coming pretty cheap at a running back position that where I'm a little hesitant about this last guy uh, in week 10 or week 11. I was going to say, we just, we just saw him get 20 carries last week. So I 
think it's possible. Um, like, and again, if I'm comparing him to say McKissick, I probably like him a little bit more. That's that's pretty close because he'll get a lot of targets out of the passing game. And like you said, hashtag Atlanta running backs. Like this, we we've been down this path certainly many many times before. But you were talking about kissing a few frogs to get our princes over on DraftKings. I think Hill definitely slides into that group that I'd be willing to consider. Yeah, like I said, they have Kenjin Barner, and Kenjin Barner was active for the last game. He got 11 snaps in that game, only one carry. So, um, yeah, so I just don't know. I, I, I'm going to need to hear a little bit of news on this one. If they just say Brian Hill's the guy, and I'll, I, at that point, I probably have to just trust it. 4,800 on DraftKings, not so cheap. Like, I need to know for sure that Brian Hill was the guy, I think. Um, and I just, I, I, I don't know, I feel like we've just been down the road too many times in Atlanta. Julio Jones, uh, this is just a tough matchup with the quarterbacks this week for Carolina. Uh, we did mention Calvin Ridley as an, a sort of an upside play, borderline cash play. So I think we talked about this game enough on the Cash Game Podcast. Arizona goes in and plays San Francisco. This is the first 4 o'clock game. San Francisco, 9.5-point favorites. Speaking of, and this is Shanahan too, because this is the same uh, coaching tree that brought you the never-can-trust-a-running-back. He came right over from Atlanta and then did the same thing with San Francisco because Brita mm-hmm. is out and... You'd be like, yes, you know, a, a borderline RB1 kind of guy is out, and then they just have Tevin Coleman, and they have Raheem Mostar, and they have Jeffrey Wilson, and I just don't know. Like, it doesn't matter. It kind of feels like it doesn't matter who gets injured in this team. It's definitely not for the running backs. And then we have Kittle, who's already basically out this week. He's not officially out, but he's almost definitely not going to play. And I think Emmanuel Sanders is not going to play, too. And this is a great matchup. Like, what do we do with this offense? A lot of points can go up on the board here. Not totally clear what we do because I kind of want to roster maybe some of these guys in cash games, but I'm just not sure if we can trust it. Yeah, I think that's pretty much where I wind up landing too. And again, we've we've already talked about it, right? Like week in, week out, we've been winding up with a core what five or six guys that are going to be in all ca- all of our cash game lineups. This week is no different, and I think you know we've already talked about great plays at essentially every position, right? So whenever those question marks start to creep up i just ask myself why what what am i getting in exchange for taking risks like these and here i I just don't see the that the risk justifies the potential reward so yeah for cash game purposes i'm certainly not in here okay well i will say the one position we haven't talked about is tight end and ross dwelly did see seven targets last week with kittle out of action that was after that was after that's me booing ross dwelly that was, that was after Debo Samuel and Kendrick Bourne. Debo Samuel had 11 targets. Uh, Kendrick Bourne had eight, and then Ross Dwelly had seven. Only reason I'm mentioning him, though, is like I said, we talk about great plays at every position. I, we did talk about Greg Olson as a pretty as a pretty legit play. But on DraftKings, Dwelly is 3,400. Mm. Worth, worth, worth a stab. We're going to need this cheap guy. We're, we can't roster anyone at a tight We might have to play two tight ends if you're, if you're doing the McCaffrey, doing like a expensive quarterback McCaffrey cook thing you might be looking at two kind of borderline tight ends could Dwelly be one of them or is it just too speculative death taxes and you trying to talk me into some three thousand dollar tight end on DraftKings that's the <laughs> those are the inevitabilities in my life right now yes I I, I I see the case I mean we know that the San Francisco offense has relied upon the tight end quite a bit uh we're just looking for any port in a storm right now at this position from week to week Dwelly did get the targets last week I did pick him up as my handcuff to George Kittle. There you <laughs> go. My, my life. Good Lord. Good luck, Mariah. She's going to absolutely dumpster me this week. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't want to do it, but I can see sitting there. Like, what what's going to happen is, what always happens is, I'm going to show up at 11 a.m. on Sunday, and you're going to have been looking at this for like four hours. But prior to that, I'm going to say something like, 
oh, I hate dwelling in these lineups. And then you're going to get a little triggered, not too triggered, but a little triggered. And you're going to say, yeah, I've been looking at this for four hours. If you see something better, uh, let me know. And then I'll look, and then I probably won't. I will probably probably play Dwelly. So that's me traveling into the future and uh, spelling out how that's going to go. Maybe I just maybe I won't show up this week. These lines look pretty close to me. Maybe I'll just say you can do this week. You can show up and talk. You're to welcome to, buddy. I got it. If you want to just take a week off, you're in good hands. I, I can handle it this week. Okay. I can never trust you. The uh, <laughs> who know who knows what would happen. We just we end up with something something weird. And I'd say what the hell happened here. Okay. Uh, on the San Francisco, excuse me, on the Arizona side, Christian Kirk coming off a big day. The San Francisco defense is really good. I do not want to run anybody into the San Francisco defense, really even from a GBP standpoint. David Johnson looks fully cooked. Speaking of guys like Le'Veon Bell, who just might be over for, there's a video that was going viral and trending this week of him taking a handoff. And it looked like that like play... Kind of look like the play when they get the old guy on the field or the little kid on the field, and it's like some kind of charity thing, and they're like, "Run, run!" and the guy's just moving like one half, like you know, one third speed compared to everyone else, but no one else like knows what to do, so they kind of all dial down the one third speed, and then like they, now in this case, they didn't let the guy run to the end zone like they do in those charity things, like um, you know, like the old timers day or whatever. Uh, but David Johnson looks. So, I think the tweet was just like David Johnson, yikes, because he gets the ball. And just runs what looks like in slow motion, and then just falls over. <laughs> like it was like he just might be done. I don't, he might just probably be injured too. Yeah, but sure. uh, Kenyon Drake does get did get a lot of snaps. I guess if you think they're playing catch up, go the Kenyon Drake route. But this San, like I said, this San Francisco team does two things you don't want to do. They play awesome defense, and they don't allow their other team to get on yeah. the field at all. They are basically first in defensive DVOA. Up their second behind New England. But they're first overall in least amount of opponents' plays per game at 56. So worst sure. of all worlds when you get to San Francisco, New England second. Uh, okay, let's roll through the last two 4 o'clock games. I do think you're going to see some ownership on some of these uh, Raiders this week. They're 10.5-point favorites against the, the Bengals in a game that has a pretty high total. The, uh, the Raiders' total is pushing right around 30. Have we not talked about that in the Raiders enough in cash games, probably specifically Josh Jacobs? Yeah, Jacobs is definitely an interesting one to consider. I, you know, I think we kind of broke down the case for the other guys over Jacobs last or on the Cash Game podcast, and I do stand by that. Uh, he is continuing to be limited in practice, but that's sort of a week in, week out thing, and he just was still fine basically last week. I will say that he did only play thirty of the possible fifty-eight offensive snaps last week, so that is a red flag to me that would have me. Really not excited to run him out there in cash games. Obviously, when he was out there on those 30 snaps, he was targeted 21 times. So clearly the workload isn't going to be overwhelmingly against him or anything. He certainly gets the goal line touches and so on. So a playable option, interesting big tournament thing. But I think he's going to be right in that cross-section of guys I don't wind up playing because there's enough question marks. And I think a lot of people are really on top of this play that I just could see myself not, not bothering here. Yeah, see, I think what we're going to look at on Sunday, this is the play that I think we're going to say. Like, if we have Leonard Fournette at 72, we're going to see Josh uh, okay. at, like, at like 20%, let's say, and I'm just kind of making this number up, at 20% in cash. And then we're going to see Josh Jacobs at 8,000 on FanDuel at like 40%. And I think that's the one that I think, because they're going to say the 800, they'll make, everyone will try to make up that 800 difference. I'm not sure people are on Fournette as much as we are either. But um, I think people, I could see a situation where people say McCaffrey, Cook, uh, Jacobs, and then I find the savings elsewhere. And also on DraftKings, he's only 6,900, 2,000 less than Cook. 
he's nearly he's thirty five hundred less than Christian McCaffrey. I'm not call, I'm not saying he's in the same class as Christian McCaffrey, but he's not in the same price tier either. Good. And this is still a guy that, like you said, touches the ball twenty plus times. In well, look at look, look at Leonard Fournette's game log and compare it to Josh Jacobs's, and tell me what Jacobs does that Fournette doesn't. Besides being a flashy rookie that everyone's really excited about, I, I was um, I'm strictly speaking about the ownership. I'm not saying that I like. No, Lone, I know, but, but I'm that, saying that, that this is what I'm trying to, you know, encourage you to trust the system here because. Yeah, Jacobs has had some awesome games, and he's a great talent, and he's hurt, and he only plays half his team's offensive snaps last week, and Fournette's just basically been better most weeks. Like, right. like, and you pay less for it. Like, I think like he doesn't have as good a matchup for sure, but these guys score essentially the same number of fantasy points per game, and I think Fournette's opportunity is trending in the right direction. Just been crushing it uh, with mid twenties touches every single game, and we know at least from last week that there's. There's going to be games where Jacobs just doesn't see 20 plus touches, and so I think for that reason, especially in a week where money's really got a premium, right? If I'm trying to jam ex- the most expensive quarterback, the most expensive running back, and the second most expensive running back, I don't know if I can also play the fifth most expensive running back. That's that's kind of where I'm ultimately going to land here. But um, yeah, it won't feel great. He could have a 30 point game. There's no question about it. I just don't see him as that much safer than Fournette, so I wouldn't be that scared. We nodded to this yesterday in a game they lost by 30 points. Uh, Joe Mixon touched the ball 33 times in Week 10. I do not know where to – or you got you know, 30. Yeah, there's points. a guy. I don't know where to set his opportunity at because it's a new quarterback. They just said, here, you have the ball, and let's just see if we can end the season or something. I don't know. Like Maybe <laughs> like we'll just run the ball, and that will just make this thing end quicker. I, 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 other than that, there's no rhyme or reason to having done this. But And at the same time – if you give Joe Mixon, like even a 10-point underdogs, if you give Joe Mixon like 18 carries or something like that, <laughs> he all of a sudden, it seems crazy. But like if you give yeah. him 18, God forbid you give him 20, like which is still, you know, a third, a one-third less than he actually got the got last week. Like what do we even set his, his number at? Because if they're willing to do this in a game where they get killed, then all of a sudden – 5,500 on DraftKings doesn't look too bad if it just doesn't gonna matter if it's not gonna matter right <laughs> like it was just like ah it just doesn't matter like he just gets the ball like you know what I mean like where do we land on yeah. Joe Mixon because this is the truly maybe one of the weirdest ones like I can deal with the oh we don't know who's gonna play and I can deal with the the guy's injured or well, this is a dear, new scheme I've never had to consider the guy who touched the ball 33 times and it's in a game they lost by 30. That's like not the quarterback. I, I'm laughing because this is, this is this is a first. This is a complete first. Yeah. I don't know what to do with this. I'm ready. I'm ready to believe in Mixon. And again, really? If he's the type of guy who's going to get me <laughs> some really cheap or, or get me those juicy expensive options on DraftKings, I can absolutely consider it. I think, you know, I don't think I'm going to run it out there in FanDuel. Again, I just have a better option at the same, the same price point, essentially, in Leonard Fournette. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sitting there staring at the $5,500 price tag on DraftKings and for an it's $7,900. i am thinking about it. I don't know. It's, oh, my uh, God. What a it's world. a little crazy. I don't, I don't want to do it, Doug. Okay. okay. You don't it's need so to. It's so crazy. Like, I don't think you, I mean, he, the 5500 doesn't get you McCaffrey. It, again, like, you need this, this, this yes. guy needs to be like 3500 So I don't think it gets you there. What it does get you is like a Cook and Jacobs kind of pairing or something like that. I don't know. This one's funny. I, yeah, you probably just don't get that play McCaffrey on DraftKings this week, you know, if you want to have reasonable plays at other positions. And I, we've been on that fade before, and it seems fine. But yeah, it's, oh, it's uh, hilarious. I cannot believe it. It's a weird one. It is a weird. This is a, again, been doing this for a lot of years, man. I just, this, this one is not one that I've ever, after looking at just, you know, hundreds of game logs and just like figuring out what every team is going to do. This one is the new one. Let's finish off with the 420, last 425 game. 
Patriots go in and play the Eagles. 44.5 total in this one. Patriots 3.5 point favorites. I do not think you need to consider anything on the Eagles side. Obviously, the Patriots defense is awesome. And you're just on a big week, I don't. What, what are you getting away with here? They've had like Lamar Jackson put up a big week against them, and that's basically it for the first 10 weeks of the season. So I don't, I don't think you need to run anything here on the Eagles side. But on the uh, on the passing side of the Patriots, the Eagles have struggled with this part of the game at times. They're right in the middle of the pack. We talked about Sanu. Sanu and Edelman? I mean, are we just... Sonny Michelle's looks dead, too. So it doesn't look... They can't really get much going on the ground. Do we just want to... Like, how close is Edelman for a cash game play? He's still just, like, 10 targets on lock. It hasn't mattered that Sanu has come around. Yeah, I, I really like Edelman. I think he's a totally reasonable play here. Um, the question will be, are we are we in the market for a $7,400 wide receiver this week? Uh, you know, earlier we talked about what you would get from going up from, say, Moore to Diggs. Well, if the question is from more to Edelman. Uh, that's certainly a little bit more of an interesting question. But even on the same team, picking between Sanu and Edelman, like do you have do you have a sense that one is inherently going to be more targeted in this game than the other, given that Sanu just came off a 14 target week uh, against Baltimore? I don't I don't know. I wouldn't be able to say that definitively. And so when in doubt, I'm just going to take the guy who's $1,600 cheaper. Yep, I think that's where I land too. I think we're going to run Sanu out there in cash games and then just be proven, just like hopefully not be proven wrong on it. And I have one game sample size for a guy like Tom Brady. Is He'll be highly on too. Yeah, I'm not, like, not like so that's just enough. That. This isn't like the Bengals and like a new quarterback. Tom Brady, if he, Tom Brady gets you this many balls, like Tom Brady's going to do it again. I think that that's Yes, just, and that's exactly a great point. If this is not the case of like, oh, you know, Ryan Finley managed to not die last week and like throw the ball to X guy 15 times. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> this, right. this was the plan. Like Brady saw something he really liked. He's had a great track record of onboarding new receivers into his schemes in the past, letting them do, you know, operate in ways that they feel comfortable and do well. So, yeah, just a big believer in Sanu in general here. And like I said, I think he'll have high ownership. All right, we're going to get out of here. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com is the site. DFSR.com. Type in less strokes in that old keypad. And DFSR.com slash deals. We'll get you started on our premium projections powered by our good friends over at Lineup Lab. Optimal lineups, FanDuel and DraftKings, NFL. NBA, NHL, we covered all in their one subscription package. And like James started off at the beginning of the podcast, which I already forgotten about, but I'm in a good mood again. One of our users took down a big GBP on the late slate for NBA. So go in there and, you know, post celebrate with these people that you'll meet for the first time in our chat room that you'll become lifelong chat friends with as soon as you sign up. It really so was a cool a- moment. Before, before we run, it was a cool moment because someone said, someone posted it in the chat, oh man, FD1, the top FanDuel lineup, it came in second place by 0.8 points in this big tournament and then two seconds later someone said that's me b-dog whatever like i was the one to beat you because <laughs> i just made like this one oh, tweet oh that's amazing so, god i can't yeah, believe you text me i was like I was, just, I was just i was awake i just i'm like, not gonna text you at 1 a.m and also i was just pissed mostly at my life at that point because i got woken up uh, by my kids coughing in the Whoa, other room. Okay, okay. No one like, wants the bad. No one wants the bad news. No one cares about that. Deal. No, it's, no, it's not the bad news, but that, that's the reason why I didn't want to get myself too awake. So I just congratulated the guy and went to sleep. That's, there you go. DFSR.com. There you go. You wake James will wake up with his kids and you in the chat room if you sign up for his thing. DFSR.com slash deals. Get you started. <laughs> Buddy, enjoy week eleven in the NFL. Talk to you next week. Peace.